0: 7.55 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty it is on the air now. Welcome back to 7.55 is real and welcome back to my co-host Eric O'Flaherty. I've uh, been doing daddy duty for several weeks here. Welcome back, Eric. Good to have you, man. Good to be back. And it's 7.55 is real presented by Tops. by the way. We are still checking out Tops Project 70 celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Um, I, I, since you left, Austin Riley has only strengthened his bid for, I think when you went last time you did a show, it's kind of like, Hey, look out for Austin Riley. He could creep in there. He's a legit candidate now, man. I know there are several others and it's a wide open race this year. Unlike past years where, you know, by now last year it was, it was Freddie or Betts, even in a shortened season, we knew it was yeah. one of those two. Right now, it's about five guys because of Tatis's injuries. He was the clear front runner, but his injury situation kind of opened it up. Him and Degrom both being hurt. Um, I think Austin Riley's a legit candidate if you look at the statistics and and you know where the Braves are right now. I just wondered if Freddie's presence and Freddie having similar numbers will cause a lot of voters to back off Riley maybe uh, when they when they go down to you know actually rank their their guys on their ballots.
1: Yeah, that that happens sometimes. You kind of steal votes from each other, but I don't know. Tatis seems to still be. He's missed some time, but he's still raking. Every time I look on MLB yeah. Network, they're showing him at a home run. Yeah, that helps his case
0: when they show him all the time.
1: Everything he does, him and Otani. It's like it's if you check oh, the MLB app, it's going to be the first highlight if they do anything. But
0: isn't that funny? All the East Coast bias people talked about for years. Now it's yeah. like. Everything you see is is Tatis and Otani from Southern California.
1: Yeah, I think if Riley was a little flashier, you know, he might he might get more highlights and stuff. But I like how he plays.
0: Uh, If you look statistically where he's at, I just broke that down this morning. Let's look at it. He, uh, you know, there's no debate that he's met or exceeded all expectations. I mean, exceeded. The Braves, this is the brave, the player the Braves hoped that he would be someday. And he's already there and he's eight, he's 24 years old.
1: <laughs> I keep th- you know, I guess it's just the maturity, but I keep thinking he's like 25, 26, yeah. 27 now. But 24 is young. That's what most guys most guys are breaking in at 24, 25 if they're lucky. Back in
0: the day, especially or 10 years ago, yeah, you didn't see many guys breaking in at twenty-two like you do now. So many of them, 21, you know. The, Um, or in a few cases like, you know, Tatis and Acuna and Soto 20, um, regardless. Yeah. Riley is the he's having is, is the beyond what the Braves could have hoped for. And he set himself up for a long-term future with the team at third base. But look, consider where he ranks in the NL tied for fifth in homers with 28. That's same as Freddie and Joey Votto. He's fifth in batting average, which I would have never thought he was going to be a 300 hitter. He's at 303. Damn. He's just ahead of Bryce Harper, who's at 302. Raleigh is hitting seven points higher than Freddie Freeman. He's eighth in RBIs with 80. That's one fewer than Tatis and eight more than Freddie. Adam Duvall, by the way, he's one off the NL RBI league with eighty-eight behind his former Marlins teammate Jesus Aguilar. Adam Duvall, man, that guy's got a nose for the RBI, as people say. I mean, he 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 has really driven in a lot of runs considering where his average is and you know, as much as strikes out and all that. That guy gets some big hits.
1: He I mean, I guess that's just that's kind of what's what's different in the game now. He's hitting two twenty four. But yeah. what it matters. You know, I know a lot of people don't believe in that, but it's like, you know, some guys, same thing as like a closer, you know, when the game gets tough or the game gets on the line, they can kick it into that, that extra gear focus wise and, and come up big. But when a guy does it, I mean, we're in late August when a guy does it that consistently. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to deny that, that, it, that it exists like a clutch gene.
0: Mm-hmm. He is uh Uh, Dansby Swanson, by the way, is just three RBIs behind Riley with 77. Talk about another guy that succeeded expectations. Uh, took a while, but he's there. Um, he is 10th in OBP. Another one that's a shocker for me for, for Austin Riley, considering, you know, the propensity he had to chase pitches out of the strike zone in the past in his first few years in the majors. He's, uh, first couple of years, 10th in OBP at three seventy-five. That's 15 points behind Freddie, who's tied for fourth at 390. Riley is eighth in slugging percentage at 536, which is 26 points higher than Juan Soto, 28 slugging points higher than Freddie. And finally, he's ninth in OPS at 912, which is one spot and four points behind Joey Votto, who is another one who's moved into the MVP discussion because Votto has just had been on fire in the second half with the power numbers. Um, Riley at nine twelve. He's fourteen points ahead of both Freddie and Brian Reynolds in OPS. One thing besides what I said about splitting the votes and all that. One thing that might hurt Riley is I know a lot of voters. A v- lot of voters uh, really put a lot of weight behind
1: war. Yeah.
0: Which is difficult to justify, in my opinion, because some positions I just think are favored more than others, and some and there's questions. Well, that was like Freddie measures. at first
1: base. You know, you're yeah. going to be way more valued doing it as a short. You get son.
0: nicked. Uh, yeah, for a while I, th- I wondered if we'd ever have an, another MVP. For, uh, it was a first baseman because of how much uh, war diminishes what they do, which I don't understand, but it does. So, but anything anyway, Riley in uh, war, and according to Fangraphs, war is 15th among NL position players at 3.5, which is, by the way, one spot behind Ozzie Albies, who's at 3.6. Harper, Tatis, and Trey Turner are all tied for the NL lead in war with 5.1, according to Fangraphs again. Max Muncy is another guy I think really hasn't gotten enough consideration right now. I think that guy's going to be in there. Max Muncy is right behind those three at 4.8 war, Fangraphs war. Uh, and again, I think he's a guy that's going to get consideration when people look at the Dodgers, If the Do- especially if the Dodgers come back and win uh, the division. You know, people are going to go, well, who's done it for him? And they're going to look and see there's a lot of guys. But Muncy's numbers are a little bit above everybody else's on that team.
1: He rakes. I mean, he's another guy that I yeah. feel like every time I watch a Dodgers game, he does something. And that, like that was night. what people always said about Pedroia. Like, the year he won MVP, I remember talking to Rossi about it, and and Rossi was saying he just does something every game. Yeah. You know, like, it, he might not lead in, in this war category or something, but if you watch the team play, he's a factor and impacts every single game in some way. And, I, I mean, I still feel that way about Riley. You know, it's like a big hit or, or, or one yeah. big play. He's For me, his defense is great. I don't know what the, the metrics say, but I'm losing more and more faith in those. Um, yeah. To just to be exact, you know, I think there's guys that that it the metrics just miss on defensively, and it, it's a good tool, but I don't think it's like a final thing that you use to judge a guy's defense. But yeah, Riley, I mean, he's had big hits. I think he got the team going with that. He had that home run against St. Louis that got him either back in the game and tied it, or gave him a lead. But yeah. it was one of those games that you felt like they they won last year and they kept losing. He got a big home run to get him back in it, but I feel like he's had a ton of big knocks and done enough to definitely get that consideration, regardless of what War says.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think uh, uh, obviously we've talked about analytics and how important they are and metrics and how it's changed the game, mostly for the better. Uh, But I think defensive metrics, I still think defense is the one area where – scouts, players, managers, media, everybody, where the eye test is important. Because if yeah. you watch a guy every day, you watch a guy play defense, you can't look and you can't show me an analytic that's going to make me change my mind about what I'm watching. You know, defensive right. metrics is different, I think, than, uh, than uh, there's a long way to go. And I think 10 years from now, when they figure some things out with defensive metrics and they go, yeah, back, at that, back in those days, we didn't have, I think they're going to say, you know, they're going to acknowledge it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a perfect science, but... I, any stretch of the imagination. So, and they got to figure a way to give like a good first baseman more credit than just a mediocre first baseman that's over there, just catching, catching throws, you know, well, so I mean, them do a lot that's more what's that. hard
1: to measure too, is just what a difference it makes to be throwing to Freddie versus a dude that can't right. pick it, Six you foot know,
0: five and could stretch and do the splits and all that and get and pick, pick, pick short hops and, and, well, and they like, arm these guys to start for double plays.
1: If you looked at Andreton when he was making all his crazy plays when he was with the Braves, he just got the ball anywhere in the vicinity. Yeah. If he if he had a first baseman that couldn't pick it, yeah. How much of a difference does that make in in the confidence he has to just fire it anywhere close versus feeling like he's got to make a great throw? You know, it probably cost him five ten plays a year that he wouldn't have the confidence to just unleash it because he would throw he would throw a ball that short hot Freddie by fifteen feet. But he would just yeah. throw it as hard as he could, and he knew Freddie was going right. to pick it. So, I mean, I think value like that is is really hard to gauge. And then also, you know, instincts. Dansby made a play in Washington, first and second, one out. Yeah. He got a ball in the hole. He knew he wasn't going to get a double play, so he yeah. got the lead runner. But it was, yeah. it was a split-second decision that wound up changing the whole inning and getting him out of it when the next dude hit, like, a bloop single or something. The run didn't score. Something like that happened, and it was like – there's no way that's weighed into his defensive war. That yeah, that smart of a be. decision in, in a split second. Um, so I, you know, I think that it's definitely a useful tool. But for me, it's if they say Riley's not good at defense, I'm like, you're watching a different game yeah. than me.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, th- you just pointed out a great a great uh, situation that is not accounted for in war. So that's a glaring. Weakness, a blind spot in war that you can't judge oh, what this player's got much better instincts that you can't teach than this player does. But how do you credit Swanson for making that play? What is it in metrics that you could credit him for? I don't, they yeah. got to figure
1: out a way to do that. And if you uh, watch that play f- play out, it was yeah. a run saved. You could literally watch the inning and how it played out and say, he actually right. saved the run with a decision. When the ground ball was just to his left, you know, most shortstops get in out on that play. But if he goes to second instead of third, run scores.
0: And I think that goes back to that human factor, which we've always said is what metrics don't account for is the human factor. The game's played by humans. The game's played by guys that go up to the plate with two runners on base and two out in the ninth inning. Some guys go up there and go, oh, I love this. This is great. Other guys go up there, oh, shit, Jesus. You know? and to not acknowledge that is to not, is to say that uh you know we we could all go on stage and act in hamlet before 5000 people at the met or whatever you <laughs> yeah. know and, yeah
1: because we know and, the lines
0: and, right that as long as we knew the lines we could do it and, and there would be no performance anxiety and there'd be no right. pressure and that's just ridiculous some people thrive in it some people don't you know it's yeah. just human nature so and, and you i think they cannot they'd love to for quantify for that, that metrics
1: yeah, you can't. And I think they'd love to quantify that. I just don't think they have any way how. You know, I, th- I think that some of those guys are smart enough, like Mark Simon that we've had on. He he admitted, you know, yeah, the stuff with catchers. He he knows it matters, but he just doesn't have a way to quantify it, so he can't use it. It's like
0: chemistry. There's yeah. no way to quantify what, why this team is better than this one. Yep. If you're just looking at the numbers and you're stacking them up, going, why is this team better? <laughs> this team's more talented. Look at these guys. But this yep. team's playing better. The sum yep. of their parts, you know, they're better than the sum of their parts, and this team's less than the sum of their parts.
1: And booing their fans. One team is the Mets and another <laughs> team is this stuff exists. Oh no, we it don't matters. want to go down
0: that road. We don't want to remind anybody that we said the Mets would find a way to mess it up. Nah, we don't say that. Because they, everybody say everybody said they got a new owner, it's different now. Well, New owner can't change things overnight. I think he's going to no. be a good owner, but he can't come change things overnight unless you just fire everybody and hire new, new everything.
1: <laughs> so, well, and it definitely doesn't have it doesn't help to have an owner tweeting about your approach at the plate, right? You yeah, know, I mean, yeah, it's different. And then, bring,
0: but. and then trade for a guy like Bias to come in, you know, and dis, and disrupt everything. Whatever you did have, uh, yeah. If Bias wanted to tweet, wanted to get angry, give a thumbs down, give it to the owner for going online and saying we don't hit, we don't do this. <laughs> Rip the owner. Yeah. You're already getting paid. What's he going to do, fire you? You're going to get paid anyway. Rip the owner, not the fans. Yep. You know, not the guy making, you know, 50 grand to come in and, and pay, you know, and, and paying a lot of his salary to bring his kids to see you play, and you're yep. getting angry at him
1: for booing you, you know? Well, I think that's one of the hardest things about it, too, is, you know, negativity hits players so much harder than, than the positivity. So when you get booed or you – you know, you could. For me, it was always interesting because if I read anything about myself online when I was struggling, yeah, it would just be I'd be getting torched. Yeah. I barely did that, but I mean, I could just check in once in a while. And be like, yep, yeah, everybody that's got an account on there hates me. But you running around the stadium shagging BP, yeah, it's a totally different interaction. The fans are telling you you're going to turn it around. You got yeah. this. Like, keep going. We love you. So I mean, it's it's hard to ignore that, but. I think as a player, you got to realize that the the percentage of fans booing you don't represent the whole fan base. So when you turn around and just, you're just booing at the fans, you know, I mean, it's going to be, it's at the whole group of people, not the nasty ones.
0: Yeah, you're hurting about 80% of them that don't, that are going, oh man, is he he giving us a thumbs down? You know, we love that guy. We got his jersey on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a higher percentage in New York, but. Yeah, yeah. um, (laughs) Philly, and maybe in Philly. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it's a. When I saw that move, I was like, "Oof!" Oh, that was it. Of all that's the places not,
0: for him to do it, there the or Philly is not the place to do it. Not there, the City Field. Oh my God, Shea Stadium before it. That, that's uh, just. I'm going to tune into that
1: first at bat tonight.
0: Uh, you know, you just got to wonder about a guy. Uh, I don't want to say his intelligence because he's probably a really smart guy. You got to wonder about how detached from reality a guy is when he thinks that anything positive or that he wants to happen, good, is going to come out of him doing that and getting teammates like Lindor to do it, whoever started, I'm assuming Baez was behind it. But I don't know. Maybe somebody else could have been. But for him not to understand that nothing good is going (laughs) to come out of this. (laughs) Nothing. You're never going to win the war against the fans, the media. You're not going to do that. So.
1: I, I respect I, having the balls to do it, I guess, but yeah, I, I didn't think that was going to play out very well, and I think they've already apologized today, but I mean, AMS you can have little up. inside jokes like that and doing it you know, right. to your teammates, but don't ever – Right. If that's what it's about, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. Don't say stand
0: it. on first base or round the base, round the bases on a home run. Then do it and then explain afterwards why <laughs> you did
1: it. You should <laughs> just said, ah, oh, that's
0: just an inside thing with the t- with the guys. The guys <laughs> yeah. know what it meant. You know, that's all you have to say, like you said. But you got to be a little more savvy than that, man, because you ain't winning that war.
1: Yeah, they're never going to forget it. All that drama is good news for the Braves. I know that. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. We you know we weren't worried about uh, the the Mets coming back against the Braves uh, anyway for a for a while here the Phillies are the team the Braves need to worry about I think because we've as we've noted the Phillies have the softer schedule than the Braves and the Phillies are not coming apart at the seams I mean they've still got you know they got good leadership uh, in the front office and on the in 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 the dugout and they've got some players Harper is an MVP candidate. They got some pitchers doing well. They got a good, solid lineup, as we saw when the Braves played there in that four-game series and split with up with them about what three, four weeks ago now. Um, so I think they're going to be there till the end. But that soft schedule really helps them. And the Braves' schedule, even though percentage-wise, people were looking at it and going, "The Braves' schedule is pretty soft too." That didn't take into account just how hard the hard ske- uh, series that they had left were, because they got they had the two against the Yankees. They lost those two. It took two or three from the Giants. Big series win there. Yeah. Now you got three in this cauldron of L.A., which started last night with Smiley giving up, I mean, the worst possible way you could begin it, with him giving up four home runs before he got his eighth out. Yeah. And this place was 40,000 people last night, probably. They had a bobblehead, bets bobblehead night. So even though it was Monday night, it was loud. And when they hit those home runs early, it got really loud. So, okay, you lost the first game. You got two more here. You're facing Scherzer. And Bauer, and uh, no, you got uh, Scherzer and uh, Bueller. Um, yeah, Bueller. You got Scherzer, not Bauer. Scherzer and Bueller. Cy Young, past uh, and and possibly Cy Young, future. So you got that. Then you go from, and the, the one that doesn't show up when you look at their faces. Just facing numbers. These, yeah, just numbers. The Rockies show up as a team with a below 500 winning percentage as one of those bad teams, right? Well, they are bad on the road. But at home, the Rockies look at it, are like one of the top three teams in the league or in in the majors. They've got a great home record. So, never mind what their overall record is, Matt, look at what they do at Coors Field. And that's where you got to play four games after you leave here. It's always
1: four games in Colorado, too. I never understand that. It's like like every time you get a four game set there and it sucks. Yeah. That's the toughest place because, you know, even if you get up to a six, seven run lead. You'd never feel like the game's safe. And now all of a sudden it's 6 5. Yeah. And it's only the third inning. You know, it, that's definitely not, you're right. That's something that easily gets looked over, but that's going to be a tough series. And, and you use your
0: relievers in a first or second game, and you still got two or three more games left out there. You know, yep. it's like, man, people, as you know, Everybody thinks about the thin air and all that, but they forget how huge that park is. And there's just doubles and triples
1: every game. Bloop singles—that's that, the—that's yeah, what happens just, there. That makes it so tough to pitch. Is the outfielders have to play so deep because the outfield's so huge and the ball right. flies. It's just bloop single after bloop single after bloop single, and then somebody gets a hold of one.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then the Blackman hits a ball in the gap and just runs. You know. Yeah, there's you can make
1: one bad pitch and give up four runs.
0: Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. So you got that one, and then you, and then it, it's just numbers. But the remaining series they have at San Francisco and at San Diego, the West Coast is tough. never easy. And West you know, Coast you gotta, is always tough. You got to come back and forth for those. You know, uh, you're going to be out here once for San Diego and San Francisco. It's a long trip because you got Arizona in the middle of that. So that's a grind, and you finish in San Diego.
1: So they do that the next trip after this one, they go home for seven and go back on the West coast. Yeah. That's hard physically.
0: Yep. Yep. I've never seen the Braves play all of those West coast trips at the end. They're September. They have no road games in the East or central time zone, all in mountain and Pacific. I've never seen that before last five weeks of the season. I don't like that. So, I mean, they're going to have to play well. It's not a given. I mean, if they play, if they play up to their capabilities, they're going to win the division. I mean, they'll hold off the Phillies. And, and uh, but if they if they slip up at all in any of those series, because you know, I don't know what the Padres are going to be doing by the end. The Padres obviously are not what they were earlier in the year. But uh, and you don't know if Tatis is going to stay healthy the whole time or whatever. But uh, that that. It's a different atmosphere in San Diego right now than it's been in the past when the Braves have gone out there. I mean, they're drawing big crowds now and all that. So,
1: all Um, these teams are playing for something too. You know, it's it's different. Used to have those Septembers where teams were out of it and they were starting four guys that were in double A to start the year. You know, two out of the three games. Rosters are smaller now, and and most of these teams are going to be chasing something.
0: Good point. Only twenty-eight people on expanded roster in September too. So you're not going to be yep. facing these guys that teams are trying out. The sorry yep. teams are running guys out there just to see if they're gonna be ready for next year. You're not gonna be facing those guys. So.
1: Which I like because I, I used to hate it when you'd play a team and and they'd just, you know, throw a reliever for one out, throw a reliever for yeah. one out, throwing a reliever for two outs, Four and all of a sudden games. it's like twenty six pitchers in the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are horrible. Yeah. That made no sense. It's like you play one kind of baseball for five months and then you play in a different game in the, in, in, when you got 35 people on your roster and you got an 18 man bullpen. Yeah. That was stupid. I don't know why they always did that, but that changed. It. Yeah. So last night in uh, in Dodger Stadium, beautiful night, by the way, about 68, 70 degrees by the middle of the game. A nice breeze. But. The Braves came out here with high hopes, and they still got them, but they got there's not much you can do to defend the home runs that uh Smiley gave up early because they were rockets, and the Braves just watched them one after another. He gave up a solo homer in each of the first three innings, and then he gives up a two-run jack in the third as well, and then it was like almost over. And Sager Sigurd hits that two-run homer. The two-run homer was on a cutter. The other three were on. Eric, there were 91, balls. 92 fastballs, and they were right down the middle.
1: Yeah. He, most move. of the time he was trying to go inside, which, I mean, that, that is, I don't think the pitch call was wrong. You just have to execute the pitch because you have to pitch that team inside. But mm-hmm. you miss middle of those bats, man. I mean, you look at that lineup. They got Will Smith hitting eighth with 20 something homers. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they're there to the do damage. So it's, it, that, that's a tough lineup to pitch. I don't think it's, Anything to feel ashamed about to have a bad start against that team is probably the toughest offense, you know, either in the game, but definitely National League. But you can't throw them there to those guys, they're, they're not coming back.
0: His Velo's down about three or four miles an hour from earlier in the year. I mean, he was throwing, you know, when he's off, when he's got that the, the breaking pitches that he has, the secondary pitches that he has, the 94 95 was fine, 93 94, you know, but now he's down 91 92 and missing with them. So they were laying off the breaking balls and yep. they didn't do anything against those but they were crushing his fastballs to the to such an extent that he thought maybe he was tipping his pitches, you know.
1: Yeah, once you go there mentally, it's a wrap. You right. throw with so much less conviction when you're like shit, does he know this is coming?
0: And if he's thinking that immediately after the game, you're probably he was probably thinking it during it too, right? By the 3rd Oh, for inning,
1: sure. I mean. Yeah, probably the second homer, you know, a guy's just all over your fastball and I mean, he throws a lot of off-speed when they're still ready for the heater. And, you know, there is a difference. When your velo's down, when you're 90-91 instead of 93-94, you know, those could be just missed pop-ups where the hitter slams his bat down. But, um, yeah, you definitely think that when when they're all over your stuff, you know, taking tough breaking balls and hitting your fastball. And, you know, that's almost best-case scenario. And you almost have to go watch video and just come up with something. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. tipping. So you can put it behind okay. you because you right. don't want to take that into your next start. Right
0: and see nothing and go, Nope, I was just,
1: (laughs) I was absolutely not tipping. I just sucked. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be there. So sometimes you just lie to yourself and and find something in the video that's different on your breaking ball. And and then you put it behind you and go out the next time and chuck it in there.
0: So it was a rough night to do it. Any of these Dodger pitchers are a rough night to, to get off to that kind of start against, but Julio Urias last night became the first 15 game winner in the majors he gets so overshadowed on this staff by the, all the other yeah. guys they have. But the guy's tough, man. He didn't give up a hit until, what, fourth, fifth inning? Yep. Uh, they didn't have, Braves didn't have a base runner until the fifth inning. Yep. Riley had a little single. Um, they ended up getting back to back Jacks in, uh, what, the sixth?
1: Soler and Freddie. And
0: Freddie, yeah. But by then they were down five nothing. You know, just they, they were down five nothing after three innings. And Julio Urias is going to pitch with some comfort, with 5-0 lead. Yeah. So, Smiley, uh, Smiley said, a Snicker, Snicker was talking about Smiley's fastball. He said, the balls were down the middle. The fastball wasn't thrown that bad. It's just the location wasn't that good. I mean, unfortunately, that does you, that doesn't do you any good. Um, Duvall also had a two, uh, solo homer in a seventh. Uh, off a Yeah, they made
1: a game out of it. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they would have end in the year, but they did. 20.
0: 29th homer. The guy's going to have 30 homers and 100 ribbies, man. Duvall. After, not get, after getting non-tendered. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to have to settle for $7 million this time around. Um, so, yeah, the the lead's down to three and a half games over the Phillies. And the Mets are seven back entering their doubleheader today with the Marlins. So they're all intents and purposes. They're done because they've their clubhouse is – everything's a mess <laughs> there. So, I'm – <laughs> they're, they're a shambles. Thumbs. I heard Frenchie punched the their man. ticket a few nights thumbs, ago.
1: Frenchie called it. Thumb, he said, "I'm punching their ticket."
0: <laughs> thumbs down on the Mets. <laughs> Um So yeah, but 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 getting back to Smiley, he, he's allowed. He's allowed multiple homers in six games this year, or had before last night. Now it's seven. Trio of three three homer games, three three times. But last night was the first four homer. It matched his career high. So he's given up seven homers in the last two games. Did that in about an eight-inning span. His uh of the here's here's a stat. Of the last 16 runs that Smalley has allowed, 13 have come via home runs. He said oh. he said I mean those balls were middle, granted. They're in the zone. But they just came out really aggressive. It's like it's hard to analyze it because they barely put my off-speed pitch in play. I really didn't throw many fastballs after the second or third inning because I realized every fastball I threw, they were on. Seeger's homer was a cutter, but the other ones, it just seemed like every time I threw a fastball, they were ready for it and it didn't miss. I don't even think they hit a foul ball on a fastball, which is kind of crazy. And then every other off-speed pitch I threw, they were either missing or fouling it off or weak contact. (laughs) he said so i'm not sure i need to watch the video those homers were definitely middle but it kind of seemed like it didn't matter where i threw the fastball they were still getting hits on it so maybe i was tipping and he said the dodgers mo in recent years has been to be patient and not chase and make hitters pitchers come to them you know and he said but last night they were so aggressive from the jump you know and it was like but i was thinking well yeah but you're throwing 91 92 down the middle they're not going to wait you know and be Selective, they're gonna jump on that, right?
1: Well, I just I think you know, like with hitters are they're seeing 96-97 now from four right. out of five starters. They're seeing right. upper 90s, mid-upper nineties. 90s. So they're gonna be more aggressive. Well, they're just it's on almost 99. like they can they don't need to cheat to get to 91 anymore because they're they're right. so sped up for those faster speeds, you know. It's mm-hmm. they can just react. So, you know, like a lot of the smart teams. They'll come up with a plan, they'll watch the video and they'll they'll check how often you're throwing your breaking stuff for strikes. Uh-huh. And as a unit, they can just say, We're shutting it down on this pitch. If you see curveball, don't sw- if you see changeup, don't swing. You know, because he doesn't throw it for a strike. Right. Um, so I don't know, maybe they just had an approach like that is if you see if you see heater, go for it. Anything else, just let it go and, and you might wind up ahead in the count. But regardless, I mean, sense. I'm I would if I'm him, I just lie to myself and say I was tipping. You know, yep. come up with something and put it behind you.
0: The loss was the Braves' first on the road in more than a month. Man, they had had a franchise record thirteen road, thirteen game road winning streak. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, it was the longest in a major since Cleveland won fourteen straight on the road in two thousand seventeen. Last home, the last road loss had been against the Mets on July twenty eighth. That was at that game, um, but it shouldn't have come as surprise that this troop was going to end at Dodger Stadium because they, it has been.
1: That's a tough place has, to go.
0: It's been really tough for them for the past decade. Um, the Braves were swept and outscored 23-7 the last time they were here, a three-game series, 2019, because I obviously didn't play here last year. They've now lost five straight here at Dodger Stadium and eight of their last nine. The last won a series at Dodger Stadium in 2012. And for the last, like, what, 10 years, they are they are 11-24. and 24 at Dodger stadium. We've lost 24, of the last 35 games here. So tough place to play, man.
1: I don't remember a lot of good series there when, when I was with Atlanta either. I think it's just a tough place to go and yep. they always throw good teams out there.
0: I always have the pitching, man. Yep. Um, you know, can't forget Smiley, whether you like it smoking mirrors or gotten got run support or whatever, but the guy, you got to give him credit. He went 14 straight starts without a loss before Monday. Um, I think anybody who watched that game last night would have been like, really, <laughs> you know? But he did. And he, granted, he left so many of those games before the sixth inning, like after four or five innings. And he had a four set. He he has a four seven five ERA for the year now, which is not good.
1: It's but, not good, but he started off terrible. Yes, and, and it put together a pretty good stretch in the middle. So I mean, you look at the numbers as a whole, they're not great, but he was pretty effective for a while. Yeah.
0: Now the question is. And I think the answer is Snit probably gives him at least one more start to show that that was the last two have been kind of a, you know, just a bad glitch for him or a bad bump in a road, but we'll see. But they sound a lot closer to being, uh, ready to use Tuki Toussaint as a six man rotation for a couple of stretches coming up where they play like 10 games in 10 days. They have a couple of those in September. They're in one right now. So they could use Toussaint either as a six start him in Colorado, um, or, you know, if Smiley continues to struggle, they can move Toussaint in the, into the fifth st- in starter role, you know, and, and use Drew as a long guy, a mop-up guy or something, or whatever they want to do. But it doesn't sound like that's out of the question anymore, which I would have said you're crazy a few weeks ago because Smiley, say what you want about him. But like you said, after the bad start, he had actually pitched well for quite a – you know, nine or ten starts. He would pitched with an ERA, you know, closer to three or yep. under. So – um Tukey has a 3 6 in eight games, including seven starts. He pitched one inning Sunday, which served basically as getting work between starts if they want to use him again or whatever, but uh, in that 9-0 win. But we've seen Tukey have about three starts this year that were terrific. You know, yep. some others that weren't so great, but for the most part, he's been – he looked like he's made a lot of progress this year. Is he ready for September? We'll see. You know, Colorado, not not the best place to make a start, but –
1: i would like to see Muller get another another couple starts in September too. Um, you know, I know he he, he struggled a little bit before yeah. it went down, but he <laughs> I was I excited about big, him.
0: I think he's big in the plans next year for sure.
1: Yeah. Whatever for sure. What,
0: whether they use him in September or not. I think Santana with only two people coming up, you know, I think Santana's an obvious one, you know, when when his options up after they send him down cuz he's actually pitched pretty well for them. Yeah, and then they could bang if they want to bring up Arcia, they could use another bat. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's maybe.
1: tough. It's tough because maybe
0: they'd go two arms. I don't know.
1: You know, like in in a typical September in the past, you you'd call a guy like Muller up and have him on standby for, for one sure. of the starters you were unsure about. They get in trouble in the first or second. Let him try to stretch out and see if he can prove something. But yeah, it's, I guess it's going to be tough to get him one of those starts. With already five guys, you feel pretty decent about.
0: Yeah, it's nice to have Tukey for that too. You know, with Tom, so because Tomlin's been getting lit up, and, you know, you yeah, can run Tukey out there if he's on if he's rested enough. You can run him out there for five innings in a game if somebody gets shelled early. Um,
1: it takes a different animal to do that job, though. I is. mean, I know no, Tomlin's yeah, no struggled, doubt.
0: but no doubt,
1: a lot of young starters struggle. And that's why in that he's role. still here. Tomlin's still yeah. here
0: because if a game gets out of hand, they can send Tomlin in there to eat up four or five innings. You know, three, yeah, he minutes. might
1: give up two, but he probably right. won't give up seven.
0: Um. So he said Monday that Tucson they could add him to a six star. He, he could make a start in Colorado. We'll see. I don't know if Smiley's thing last night changed that, or if uh, you know Tucson might have a more prominent role. But I think I think he'd probably let Smiley get at least one more to show you know that, that that it's not a that he's still that he's not done for the year. You know that he's not out of bullets completely. Um, they're in a stretch four games into a stretch of ten games in ten days, includes six more uh, against the Dodgers and Rockies. Two more here and then four in Colorado. They get an off day when they get home, right? After that, they've got – yeah, yeah. They had the Giants and then here without a break and then Colorado. And then they got an off day and then they got six games in six days against the Nationals and Marlins. They should clean up on them at home. Win at least – you know, win five out of six of those maybe. Um,
1: you Colorado too seeing. at home. Yeah, they get two off days on their that homestand. That's good.
0: Yep. Then they have a day off before they start a stretch of 13 games in 13 days, which also includes the resumption of the suspended game at San Diego that they're going to make that started in Atlanta, but going to be finished in San Diego. So 13 and a half games they're going to play in 13 days. That'll, yeah, that's going to be a rough one that finishes September 24th at San Diego.
1: See that's uh, that's why I hate that they, uh, they uh, gave them the, the back right to hand. back off days and you know yeah. after the Yankees series like they just burned an off day. You don't need two in a row. I hate when they do that with the schedule.
0: Uh, and then after the after they come home, they've got they finish up with the Phillies and Mets. Which yep. when the schedule came out early in the year, it looked like oh my god, that's going to be incredible that final week. Which yeah. it still might with the Phillies, but I'm not expecting the Mets to be playing for anything at that point.
1: Mets are going to want to keep them home. <laughs> I think yeah. They're gonna want to send him home, you know. Yeah. But, so they'll play that series hard.
0: Um, but yeah, to what you were saying about uh, Smiley, he had he only had five starts, seven total appearances with San Francisco last year, pitched twenty six in yeah. the third innings. He's pitched hundred and fifteen and two thirds innings so far this year. Snit last night brought up that hey, Last year, he didn't pitch much. It might be catching yep. up with him. You know, now we'll see. That's what they were kind of worried about that. That's why they hope get him a little rest here and there, you know, get him out after four or five innings, you know, because he's been getting torched by the third time through the lineup anyway. So, and had, you know, he had the knee thing, so he missed a start, got some extra rest. The knee's not bothering him now, but uh, it doesn't look rejuvenated. The arm doesn't look, you know, it looks a little tired, but we'll see. He's got, uh, you know, they're, they're locked in with the four. The good thing is Ian Anderson and Iwasakari Noah – Both came back. Anderson looked terrific the other day. And I know I thought looked good, even though he's given up some runs. He's looked fresh, too. His stuffs look great. Sliders look good. So you got those two guys, and, of course, Charlie and and, uh, Max. So you've got four there that you're kind of locked in with and and feeling good about where they are. Uh, Max uh, Max or Charlie. Max had two stints on the IL. He looks fine now. He looks like uh, he's more well-rested than you might have figured he'd be this deep into this full season. And Charlie –
1: ageless wonder I mean his his stuff's as good now as it's been all year yeah I'm not I don't worry about Charlie um Max you know I mean I think uh, sometimes I think those little injuries and little stints that set him back 10 15 days or whatever it was I think those are good mm-hmm. you know in a sense because they kind of save his arm for for the playoffs you know after everybody having a short season last year everybody's going to be kind of pushing their innings this year compared to what they did last year so sometimes those those little spurts on the DL they're, they're kind of a blessing in disguise
0: yeah Smiley to to what to your point, he was three and seven with a five eight two ERA and fifteen homers allowed in his first ten starts this year, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" Yep. Uh, then he went seven and zero with a three four five ERA, only eight homers allowed in the past twelve starts before Monday, which included three in the last start. So he went he went a stretch there of nine starts where he only gave up five homers. You know, for him, that's low. I mean, and the, and and like I said, he was 7-0 with a 3-4-5 ERA. That's that's good, regardless of whether he was only yeah, going five innings. It's good. Yeah, you'll take that any day. So, um, but he's only lasted four innings in four of his last six starts before last night, and last night he goes four and two-thirds. So he's worked five or fewer innings, seven of his last nine starts, and fewer than six innings in 13 of the last 15. So he's making a bullpen work, but they got a good bullpen now. And like I said, they can live with him, you know, going five innings if he's just not giving up five runs, you know, three homers.
1: Right, so we'll right. See. As long as the bullpen's rolling. I mean, it's it's yeah. perfectly fine to have one or two guys in your, in your rotation not going deep, but you do need a few going deep.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, you're getting – Charlie's going deep. Max is going deep lately. Uh, Ian Anderson's looked good since he got back. You know, he, he looks like he could definitely go seven or eight in his remaining starts, uh, seven. Uh, so – they still got to be. They got to feel good about where they are. And Smiley's uh, decline would not is not the disaster that it would have been before. You know, Anderson and Younoua came back and and alleviated any concerns about how sharp they would be. Been impressive what they those two have done since they got back.
1: It's impressive what the team's done in the last
0: what month, month and a half. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. it can't be overstated yeah by the time you, you were out watching this stuff from afar but uh it can't be overstated what they've done the moves alex made to rebuild this this uh, outfield after losing acuña because i don't think anybody anybody thought the braves still had a good chance when acuña went down i mean i was like until that point you know they were under 500 but i was like they're only one good one good week away from taking hold of the division race yep, but when acuña went down i yeah. went I don't know by now. I don't know how they're going to do it without getting, without going out and getting a major player, superstar, superstar, a star-type player. They didn't go out and get a star-type player, but they went out and got a bunch of really good ones. Alex good made players. some really good moves Yeah, that have, I think, that, that have even outperformed what, what they a hoped. What Acuna
1: could do. Right. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, three good at-bats in your lineup all of a sudden. Yeah.
0: They've, the lineup know. is so much deeper. I mean, Solar so much is deeper. a beast up there, dude. By the way, that guy in person. You've, you've oh, seen solo, right? you, yeah. <laughs> he's close to Stanton-esque in size. He's yeah. only about an inch shorter than Stanton and built similar. Well,
1: you could he's tell a, some of the balls he hits. I mean, the, the one he hit, I think monster. it was last night, looked like a pop-up.
0: Yeah, he's a monster. He's a big dude. I,
1: I was thinking about him. I think it made, you know, we talk about, and that's another way you can't value players, but he had um, Ben Attendee hitting behind him in Kansas City. Yeah. He, he comes here, he's got Freddie Freeman hitting behind him. And you can't tell me that doesn't make a difference.
0: Absolutely. You know yeah, Alex Alex was on uh Jason Starkville's podcast and talked a little bit about uh you know, people question why'd you go ahead and get three outfielders? He talked a little bit about how that happened. Uh Cam, you wanna run that? That little clip that he had talking about that?
2: So listen, have you ever traded for three outfielders in one day before? And has anybody? <laughs> yeah, and look, it wasn't by design. We were trying to do stuff. A week before Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Look, I've had this happen a few times, trade deadline. You know, you I really don't like doing things the last day. I don't. It's just it's a scramble. There's a lot going on. All 30 clubs are having dialogue. You're up against the clock. You've got to get your trainers involved, doctors, and so on. It's just not a very it's not a good environment to make a decision in. So yeah, Duvall and Rosario were done earlier in the day. We almost did them in tandem at the same same time. Rodriguez, we had been talking about for a while. It was start, stop, start, stop. And that one came in. I mean, we we agreed with basically 45 minutes to go, an hour to go. Solaire was the last minute deal. Um, really, with 30 minutes to go, uh, we got it back on track. And we completed that one so fast that I think our trainer was like, hey, I don't even know we got Solaire. Like, it had happened right at the last minute.
0: <laughs> so, so the Soler thing happens at the last minute, and that could end up being, I mean, Duvall's so, probably the biggest one, but Soler could end up being huge for them as yeah. an afterthought. He's raked. This guy hit 46 homers just a couple of years ago. People forget yeah. he led the American League. And he has,
1: he has a lot better at bats than I expected. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be whiff or home run. I expected just like, you know, one, two, three, see you at bats or run into a homer, you know, just, you see a guy slugging like that, a big dude with all that power and you hear some stuff about him and he strikes out sometimes and you just, you think you're not getting the quality of bats, but yeah, I mean, he, he had some really good at bats where he wound up walking and, and, you know, guys want to do damage and put up their numbers there, but um yeah i've been really impressed with that bats he's having too the walks have surprised me he's walking almost
0: one a game he's walking the same number as strikeouts i mean so that's been impressive and uh and he's got some hits other than home runs too and he's not killing you in right field he's not going to win a gold glove as they say but he's not killing you out there last night a ball fell in for a single in front of him that if he's a great right fielder he's going to go get and catch but he didn't go get that but He's not hurting you out there that bad. He's certainly helping you ten times more at the plate. Uh, Duvall has picked up right where he left off last year. He's been phenomenal. He's been really good, Uh, and a guy that uh, you know that started the whole thing was when they went out and got Jock Peterson at the break, too. And and Alex mentioned that on Starkville too, um, how the importance of doing that. He thought that was important because it sent a message to the team where he thought the conversation coming out of the all-star break, and it was a good point by Alex. He thought that people would be going, they got that rough stretch coming out of the break. Yep. They don't have a Acuna. And all of a sudden they're looking at the lineup going, oh man, we're screwed. They got some, we got still got two or three weeks for the trade deadline. By then we're going to be out of it. It's not going to do anything. So Alex wanted to, to, uh, send a message nip that in the bud. Yeah. And he sent a great message by getting Peterson. Like people were like, whoa, nobody was expecting it. You know, we're coming yeah. out of the break. And, uh, and Peterson has been really good. He's yep. He's got a lot of energy, enthusiastic guy, got a different personality, kind of a quirky, funny guy. And he's really added to the clubhouse mix and, and giving them a shot in the arm at the time they needed it to keep them, help them keep afloat You know, during that stretch where they won, lost, won, lost. And then they made the three big moves, plus Rich Rodriguez, who's been yeah. huge for the bullpen. But Rosario is the one, though, because people haven't seen him play until the last couple of days. He's going to add something, man. He yeah, played for Sunday. Sure. He's got some. He's he's got some. He's aggressive and he's got some pop. He's still got. some yeah. – He's only twenty nine. Feels yep. like he's been around forever, but it's what? another guy that uh, gives you. All of a sudden, they got these options, kind of like mm-hmm. Dodgers light, where you got yeah. you can mix and match and put guys in and move. You know, you got some options. You're not running a guy out there that's just hopeless against left handers. You know, you got. And you options. just
1: have to play him. Right. It, it, that's probably the biggest thing that. You know, when I look at the lineup, trying to navigate it as a pitcher, you start off, Ozzie can hurt you, Soler can hurt you, Freddie can hurt you, Riley can hurt you, and you just go down the whole thing. And it, it is kind of similar to how the Dodgers have a guy in the eight hole that hits 20 homers, you know, like all the way through. Yeah. When they were rolling out, the, you know, nothing against the guys they had before, but when they're rolling out two or three guys in a row at the bottom of the lineup, mentally that's just a breather, knowing, you know, I might give up a single here, but if i make pitches i'm getting outs and now yeah. it's it the the mindset kind of changes to if i make a mistake i'm giving up a homer so you, you have to pitch the whole lineup a lot a lot more careful than you did yeah. uh, that first half of the season
0: when you had vote and heredia and you know uh, or alex jackson when he was here and the bottom yeah. the bottom there were days where the bottom four spots when you include the pitcher were just almost automatic outs
1: yeah and, and that's now such you've a got, breather.
0: and now you've really don't if you look at the lineup, most days, there's not more than one guy that's maybe you could catch your breath on. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a night and day of this lineup. They're so much better. And as obviously, nobody's going to replace Acuna. But right. like you said, I don't know that Alex makes all these moves without Acuna getting hurt. He doesn't go no. out and get three outfielders.
1: One, so, I maybe think the two.
0: sum of the parts is probably better. This yeah. team better, which – it sounds ridiculous to say they could be better that without Acuna. That sounds so
1: stupid. But it's not basketball. It's it's not – you can't – like, exactly. you don't win a championship with one player. Look at the Angels. They got Otani and Trout. Right. And he, even though Trout's hurt, they weren't doing anything with, with Otani and Trout, two of the best players in the game, two yep. MVPs. You know, but in baseball, you have to have depth. You know, one player really can't impact the game that much. So when
0: you had Acuna in right field, okay, best right fielder in the game, but when you – or one of the two or three best – um, when you have him in right field, but you've got night yeah. every night in center and left, you've got a journeyman, a fourth, a four A type player, a backup type bench player in, in center yeah. and left. Now you don't have that. Now you've got right. Soler. You got Duvall, a twenty nine homer. It's going to be a thirty homer, hundred RBI guy. You got Soler at forty six bombs a couple of years ago. You know you got Peterson in center. Got makes a terrific catch in right the other night that can. Uh, He's got power and he's got. He's a good hitter. So you got yeah. you got you got some guys out there now, man. That you got uh, a squad, yeah. And you got Rosario, who now you add him to the mix, and all of a sudden you've got four or five outfielders, and you still got Heredia, who can be used in the right role now. You know, because he's played well this year, but he's a strictly yep. a platoon guy.
1: Well, there's so. just matchups that you'd want to avoid with him, you know. Yeah. And now you have the option to do that. You throw Jock in there instead, or you know, you have right. Duvall or Solaire. It's just a it gives Snit so many more options to fill that lineup out. Yeah.
0: And uh and also it's it's set up where next year when you get Acuña back, I think uh I think Duval has played so well that I can't imagine a scenario where the Braves don't make him a good offer in the offseason because you don't let that guy go two years in a row and do it again next year and risk going, well, you could go ahead and get Duvall. All of a sudden, it becomes like when they used to trade Kelly Johnson every year. But yeah. in this case, they're just not tendering the guy and then deciding midseason, you know, he would have been worth what we could. So,
1: well, I especially when he beat him up when he was with the Marlins, you know, right. coming into Truist Park and raking. And
0: talked about when he came back how glad he was to be back and how much he wanted. He had hoped the Braves yeah. would assign him last year. So I think you make him – it's a no-brainer to me. He's your left fielder next year, I'm Yeah, assuming. you don't
1: know when, when you're getting Acuna back either, so.
0: Right. And I'm assuming you're not going to get a Zune. I think I think they're going to cut ties with him one way or the other. But I'm just assuming he's out of the picture. Uh, if anything, if you had to, if you didn't want to eat all of his contract and he had to be back, you could DH him because I think the DH will be there next year. I think it will be. So we'll see. But I think Deval has got is, is your left fielder next year, and and Acuna and right. And then you just got to decide on who's going to be in center. So yeah, That'll be interesting. Um. All right. Well. It's gonna be uh, two more games here in Dodge Stadium and four at Coors field. This is uh, one more once more we got a big week for the Braves because the Phillies are not far back. And if you falter and lose four out of six, then they're gonna be right at your heels. So yeah. And and these Braves don't strike me as a team that's gonna do that. I think they yeah. have one bad game, one bad start, but they don't let it carry over. So I'm expecting them to go out and play well tonight, you know. And you know what? They've hit Scherzer a lot better than most teams. If you look at it, I know it sounds ridiculous, but the Braves aren't scared of Scherzer because they hit Scherzer. They've handed him some of his worst games in the last five, six years.
1: It helps haven't seen him so much. Yeah. You know, they've, they've seen him a lot. But no fear yeah, factor at all. I think another good thing is just this team has been here and done it. You know, they, they've won the division multiple right. times, so they're not going to feel that pressure, you know, that another team might the first time. Like if the Phillies are going to feel pressure, even right. if they were in first place right now, you know, you don't know how to have that mindset of not to blow it, but to go take it, and yeah. I think the Braves know how to do that.
0: Yeah, the Phillies are chasing the team that's won it three years in a row, you know, and it's Harper has
1: been there to see the the Braves
0: do it year after year. So, yep. yeah, yeah, they've all seen it. Um, so, yeah, and the Braves already went through the tough part where they went 100 games with everybody being skeptical and saying this team just sucks, you know, yeah. they don't have what it takes and all that. The Braves went through all that and had – the the stretch that they were waiting and kept talking about having and everybody kept poo pooing it but they had <laughs> yeah. that stretch and Shit, sure we talked enough about it
1: too <laughs>
0: and sure enough it took them from four games back to you know four six up. six or seven ahead for a second there you know so
1: yeah I got tired of saying it you know I mean yeah. I felt like a broken record saying you know well it's only four games you know I know they're under five hundred but it's only right. four games but you know I'm glad it worked out the way we we thought it would
0: yeah all right that's it good to have you back Eric 755 is real we are out